Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Beth. On a wonderful Wednesday, the oh, day really? before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and we just give thanks to you so much. Thank you. Hey, we've got our Rich Thoughts email coming to you today with a little thank you video from Brother Harold and Sister Beth. Just to tell you how much we love you. Okay, do not fear scripture for the day. We never fear, right, folks? We never fear. Genesis 21, 17. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Wow. How about that? No that whole passage situation. is one of my favorite scriptures. Mm. On today's call, we're going to be talking about... Ooh, ooh. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Who loves you, baby? We can give thanks for that. Yes, we can. Years ago, <laughs> there was a television detective named Kojak. In addition to his crime-finding skills, he was known for three things. Frequently, he had a lollipop in his mouth. Second, he was totally bald and wore a fedora. Personally, I liked his haircut. <laughs> Lastly, he inevitably said, who loves your baby? At least once or twice during every episode. In a number of years and still to this day, that's one of my greetings to my fine wife, Belle. Mm -mm. I love you, baby. For whatever reason, Kojak came to mind as I was reading 1 John 2.15. 1 John 2.15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father. It's not in it. Lots to think about. This verse is, well, it's another one of those used by folks who embrace poverty and lack as godly. They try to use the verse as a spiritual justification for financial failure or their lack of motivation and success in life. I've heard this verse quoted by those who, in their own estimation, are on a higher spiritual plane when in fact they're just into spiritual pride and rationalization. But enough about that. Let's talk about what the verse really means. The word love is in the verse 15, I'm sorry, in verse 15 three times. Verse 15, three times. The first two times is the Greek word G25, G25. And according to Strong's Concordance, it means of persons, to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly, and of things to be well pleased, to be contented at or with a thing. Love can be, well, love can be a person, but it's not a person here. Love is a thing. So the scripture is saying, do not be well pleased with this world. Do not be contented in this world or with a thing. The word world in verse 15, there are three times as well. And on each occasion it is the Greek word G2889. G2889. And according to Strong's Concordance, it means an apt or harmonious agreement or constitution, order, or government, ornament, decoration, adornment, the arrangement of the stars. The world, the universe, the circle of the earth, the earth, 
the inhabitants of the earth, men, the human family, the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men, alienated from God, therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. And there's two or three more, but you get the point. It's interesting that in the seventh definition, before we get to the what the cynic would cite as their rationale for lack and just getting by in life, and that's worldly, world affairs, the aggregate of things earthly. But the point is, there are two key phrases in a definition seven. It also says, seduced from God or obstacles to the cause of Christ. That's actually number six. The purpose of this verse is focus. We're to keep our focus on God, His purpose for our being, His purpose for giving us the power to get wealth. As it says in Deuteronomy 8.18, God wants us prosperous because poor people cannot help poor people very much. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're to have enough money to be able to help others. Yes, money is a thing, but more than that, it's a medium, a means, a vehicle, a channel, and an avenue to manifest the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. You know, God is not against money. As a matter of fact, think about this. He thought it up. Anything in this world, I mean, he thought it up. He just doesn't want us to have power, uh, it to have power over our hearts or distract us from manifesting his covenant <clears throat> through our lives and in the earth. You know, the point is, things can work both ways, kind of like electricity can hurt you and it can help you. So money is a lot like that. It has a it does, if money has a foothold in our heart, then it's going to distract us from God's purpose and his promises to us in the word. The cynic will say, well, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the spirit. And that's certainly true to that extent. But we must never let anything exalt itself above the knowledge of God. That's what the scripture says, or his word or his will or his purpose. As long as our first love, our first priority is God, his word, his promises, then we are not going to go astray. It's true. At least for long, he'll bring us back. So let us say this, strain from God is not a result of what's in our bank account. It's a result of what's in our hearts. Wow, that's so true. It is so true. So how can we tell if a person loves the world more than they love the things of God? Well, let me tell you this. One great way is to examine the checkbook. What's your money going to? And ex examine your calendar. What are you spending your time doing? And that will tell a lot about somebody. Do we spend more time surfing the net than reading the word? Or do we spend more time listening to our favorite CDs other than hearing God's voice? Do we spend more time watching television than reading anointed teachings and books? And I mean, I know that there's good stuff on TV, if that's what we're watching. Do we spend more time of our leisure time on ourselves than we do trying to be a blessing to our family? Do we spend more time hanging out with friends than we do volunteering at our church? How and where we spend our time is a true indicator of who we truly love and who we want to serve. Next, a quick look at the checkbook will quickly reveal who we really love. Is there a tithe check written to your local church after you get paid? Is the tithe check 
the first check that you write after you got paid or, or is it even after it's been six or seven days before your even if it might be few you know several days before the next Sunday service or do you spend more time at the red box you know on Netflix and then we do buying Christian books and CDs and things to nourish our soul do we spend more on our outside of our head we've talked about this many times as opposed to what goes in it and what are we spending on money that does go in it and do we spend more we we have lots of provoking little questions here do we spend more time pursuing the lifestyle of the rich and famous than we do at winning the lost and feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and helping the body of Christ get out of debt instead of into debt? Wow. Do we spend more on what we want or what he wants? I just am digressing for a second, but I was in the grocery store just picking up a couple things yesterday and this little old lady was in front of me. And um, ah, and she was, I know she was counting out her change to get her groceries. And then she heads over to the lottery bucket or whatever they call that thing where you stick your money in. And I thought, the Lord said, pray for her. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, because if you're looking for the quick way out, it's not, even if you won the lottery, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. Anyway, I'm sorry. Sure. So let's look at First John. 215 215 again this time in the message bible and we're going to add 16 and verse 16 and 17 with it don't love the world's ways don't love the world's goods love of the world squeezes out love for the father practically everything that goes on in this world wanting your own way wanting everything for yourself wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the father it just isolates you from him Wow. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Well, that's a great scripture. That is it. And it's very clear. See, there's nothing wrong with having nice things as long as they don't have you. Our lifestyle must reflect God's priorities for our life. There needs to be a difference between believers and non-believers. That is a more powerful statement than we understand if everybody just looks alike then we're not standing out as that's believers. it mm. it's a tragic thing when christians are in as well or is in as much debt as their non-believing neighbors what kind of witness is that it's a tragic thing when money and debt are the primary cause of many divorces between christians as they are between non-christians mm. it's a tragic thing where our topics of conversation do not reflect the things of God any more than our non-believing friends. It's tragic if we allow anything between us and the love of Christ, the establishment of His covenant in the earth. We're going to close this teaching with the last part of James 3.10. James 3.10, Classic Amplified. It says, These things, my brethren, ought not to be so. Think of that. You know, then we read James 3, 9 through 12. James 3, 9 through 12 in the Message Bible. And it says, With our tongues we bless God our Father. With the same tongues we curse the very men and women He made in His image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, 
This can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water. Not going to happen. We're to be in this world, but not of it. That doesn't mean that God wants us to be poor, broken, miserable. Just the opposite. He wants us to be prosperous and in health as we do the work of the kingdom and influence the earth. He doesn't want the world influencing us. So the question is, who loves you, baby? Better put it this way. Baby, who do you love? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Well, join us again tomorrow, Thanksgiving. That's right. We'll have a little Thanksgiving message. Yes, we will. I'm sure of it. And until then, God bless your happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from God's Word. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.